0: Get up and welcome. Get up and run. The podcast. We're here. If this is the first time you've been poured into your ears, if you've been poured into your ears, if we've been poured into your ears, this is a podcast for trail runners and mountain runners. If you run on the road, go and find something else. This isn't for you. And we don't want you here. If you wear a dry robe, you can go as well. Off you go. We sky toast, Because we're on the trails It's the Get Up and Run podcast We've got the runners, the walkers, the news, the gossip, the scandal The mavericks, the coaches The first bits of information ever on the show So listen to us on the Get Up and Run podcast And I'm pleased to bring you I really enjoyed this one recorded earlier today Casey Morgan, super coach Love him Only just met him, but I love him have a little listen. See you. Get up. Get up. Get out. All of you, come on. Get out. Get out. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I know it's, it's me. I'm back. Back from the holidays. But I'm on virtual holiday again on the Get Up and Run podcast. I'm in. Now, I've just been given the information of this island, but I've completely forgot. I'm in Mallorca. I'm in Mallorca. And flipping. Who's who's this sprinting? then doing some star jumps, then sprinting, then running up a hill, and then and then running, and then it's Casey Casey Morgan. Casey, how are you? I'm very good,
1: thanks. Thanks for dropping by in my to visit.
0: It's all right. I like this <laughs> virtual world we're in. And if I'd have said <laughs> Casey Morgan last week, I'd have been saying good morning, Casey, because I was in Austria. That's the end of the show. It was just for the one gag. Thanks very much, ladies and gentlemen. I can only joking. On <laughs> oh, my word. We'll get on to different parts of the world um we're running and stuff now i'm just going to make a virtual cup of tea for you um whilst you just if you can do a quick hello and a, a bio of of who you are um what's your preferred little drink um hot drink would you say post or pre race um De- definitely coffee coffee what and what are you uh, espresso man or
1: uh, any coffee oh, that- as long as it has caffeine
0: Yes. And how many coffees will you have a day? Well, keep questions, off we go. (laughs)
1: Um, Probably three, but all in the morning.
0: All in the morning. So do you have a cut off before three o'clock in the afternoon? I think before one, before one p.m.
1: seems to be my cut off. Otherwise, I'm still a bit wild in the evening.
0: Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Right. I'm going to make you a little um, coffee if you can just do a quick bio of, of who you are, and then we'll have a chat.
1: Okay, I'm a Scottish coach based in Mallorca. Um, I ran a lot for Shettleston Harriers for many years. Um, then I ran worldwide with Compress Sport for many years, uh, culminating in running for Great Britain at the World Championships. And I haven't ran since and Well, I have run, but I haven't... Uh, I haven't raced since the world championships in 2018 and my main focus my main focus has always been coaching. Um I was a coach long before I was a a decent runner. Um and I coach athletes all over the world.
0: That's fantastic. I'm going straight into the geek mode with everything you said that Shettleston Harriers. How long have yep. they been going?
1: Oh, it's a very old club Shettleston. Ah. A Very old club, like I, I think more than a hundred years now.
0: Uh, that, um, because yeah, that because they ring a bell, um, as you say, the most established clubs.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, they're in very Scotland good. The UK very good road club as well as uh, on the hills.
0: Oh, that's good, isn't it? And then you you mentioned the the world. Was that the world mountain or the world trails?
1: The world uh, trails in Pena Golosa.
0: Ah right, and it And can I be cheeky and ask how old you are? Uh
1: forty-five actually. Uh, I turned then, forty-five like a month ago.
0: Oh, happy birthday! And have you stopped running purposely to concentrate on coaching, or was there an injury or what happened there?
1: I got injured actually uh, during the World Championships. I I got injured and I. I was injured for like two years p- after that race. I, I could still run, but not uh, not enough to be competitive. And I was in pain for a couple of years. So uh, just as I was getting back to fitness, the pandemic arrived. And that kind of knocked things in the head for a couple of years. Um, and I got back to fitness again in December. But then... After the pandemic, I managed to avoid COVID the whole time. And since since December, I had COVID twice, which it really knocked me, actually. It, mm. it hit me pretty badly. And I also had a broken bone in my foot and a broken hand this year. So I've become a cyclist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've become a cyclist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like the fallback position for many yeah. a and then I became a cyclist.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I'm on the bike a lot at the moment, but full intention is to be. I've started running again a little, and I fully intend being fit uh, later in the year.
0: So was it the 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 worlds that you got injured in 2018, or the worlds in June
1: 2019? Uh, 2018. Yeah, that's where you got And what was the injury? It was actually a high hamstring tendinopathy. Early on in the race, it was such a stupid thing that happened. Early on in the race, like within the first two or three kilometers, my sock completely split across the bottom and I blistered up in one foot pretty badly. So the way I was running, there wasn't, um you weren't allowed any external aid until I think it was like 30, 30k or 35k, something like that. Yeah. Um, So the way I was running, I was kind of compensating, trying to avoid these blisters getting any worse. And I'd overloaded the hamstring. And by the second half, the hamstring was, yeah, it was in bad shape. And after the race, it was, well, it it was bad for two years, basically.
0: Blimey. Um, the, the, The two years that it was bad for, did your physio stop during Covid to be able to you know have hands on or were you able to exercise No I mean
1: there was a couple of years like pre-Covid where I, I was seeing the physio I, was, I have a very good friend here who's who's my physio mm. and I was, I was working with him but it's just one of these injuries that can take a long time to, to clear up I've got
0: you and then how did you break your hand?
1: Uh, I took a wee tumble when I was uh, running in the hills here.
0: Oh, blame me, yeah. And then I, I never became a cyclist. <laughs> exactly. I, I so you you came on my radar. Um, this is in my virtual uh, submarine where I've got a radar and a full team of submarine helpers. <laughs> the, you got came on my radar because it was the racecross Scott. Well, the, the, the Scotland Ultra by GB Ultras a couple of weekends ago there was the 100 mile and the 50 mile and that's right scott brown one and it was thank you to my coach and then i looked up and i've and i did some research on yourself and i thought ah let's get him on the show um it's always good to speak with a coach who's walked the walk and talked the talk as well as reading the books and you mentioned you were a coach before you became a runner yeah what, what what got you into coaching because you've been coaching something like since 2004
1: that's right yeah almost 20 years now yeah
0: what what got you into coaching you know what was your or what Um, what did you do in a previous life if that makes uh, sense
1: previously worked uh, for different IT companies and yeah that it just wasn't something that interested me whatsoever yeah um And I always I'd always been into fitness in various different forms. I was a cyclist previously actually, so maybe I've come full circle now. <laughs> I've found my way back. Um but yeah, th- I decided just to uh to have a, a change in lifestyle basically. And I first went and qualified as a personal trainer and then I studied for another few years and became a sports therapist and I've just continued to to study different qualifications throughout the years. Um, and through it was actually through personal training I became a runner because some clients liked you to be out running with them and, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I had to be able to run um, because otherwise that would have looked pretty bad if I was asking people to wait for
0: me. <laughs> and then b- b- between the seconds... Um... Casey you know whenever you were still working in IT were you studying at the same time you know we put in the the study hours and everything in of an evening (laughs) and that or were you able to um, finish and start your study you know how how did you how did you go from one to the other?
1: I did um, I did uh, a private course a three-month intensive course so it was full-time for the three months which it gave you the same number of hours as if you were to do the two-year diploma. Yeah. So I I did it that way. Uh, So I stopped work altogether and just focused these uh, three months full
0: time. That's fantastic. Oh, just a little aeroplane flying above us. And then how how long had you been thinking about doing it before you thought, right, this is it. I'm going to do a leap of faith. I've worked it all out in my head this is it, this is what I want to do.
1: I think probably about two years, to be honest. It's one of those things, you know, you you look at yeah. the website a hundred times and you think about how feasible it is, and but then you weigh up the other side of things. You see the statistics like the number of people who qualify as a personal trainer compared to the number of people who actually are still working within the industry within a year. is mm. It's a really small percentage. So it's... It was one of these things. It took a couple of years till I eventually made the commitment, but I'm glad I did.
0: I think it's absolutely fantastic. I love I love the, these kind of stories where there the comes just a second, a point, and then it's like you press the enter button or the I'd like to have my notice button goes, gets sent. And was there like a tipping point or was it just a build-up of, of the years of, of building that desire, the imagination, the putting yourself into this reality? I think it was just...
1: It was just uh eventually building up the courage to think okay, this is what I'm going to commit myself to and um yeah eventually just going for it. I
0: love it I love it and I think if you've got that you know if you're gonna use a coach as well like somebody like yourself, you're able to be empathetic with them about taking these big steps, you know taking you know not a risk but taking their their themselves to a different level and knowing that they will succeed because of especially with your you know like your testimonials I was reading you know you've coached the UTMB you've coached MDS you've coached all different levels and and how you go about it and I think that's really important rather than just as you say somebody who doesn't really know the sport or just think all right okay I'll just give you a standard sort of plan. And then in terms of where you live now, how long have you been over in, in Mallorca?
1: I've been here for five years now.
0: Yeah. Oh, hang on. The signal might have gone. He still there?
1: Yep, I can hear
0: you. Right, you can hear me. Hang on. I'll just... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to play about with the signal. I can hear him. He can hear me. But... Um, let's have a look sorry Casey I'll be two seconds no problem oh you're back good I think that aeroplane um, took all the signal from rural Wales with it <laughs> you're back in you just you just you just disappeared for a bit but yeah that, that's fantastic and then in terms of the people that you do coach um, how many do you have on your books at the moment
1: I usually work with around 40 or 50 at a time
0: hmm and then, um, you know, um, Scott Brown, for instance, um, how long was his training from before he did the hundred? As in, um, say, for, I'm just talking hypothetically now. If you've got somebody who's who is a runner who's done a marathon, who is used to a training plan and so on, um, th- with basic fitness, not basic fitness, but you know, they're not, you know, they're not people that are that are going to be podium but they want to make the step up to say 100 what you know as well as ticking off the questions and so on what what kind of um time scales are you looking at from somebody to go from a trail marathon to a hundred miler
1: it really depends on the individual it it depends on the individual and it depends on what the target is within that hundred miler
0: Brilliant, and that is the answer that I wanted because so many <laughs> people say, oh, yeah, well, what it is, this, 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 and this, and you think, what well, you haven't qualified them, you know, and and that itself shows that the experience with with you as a, as a coach now going back to your running days, um, as well, and your competing days, um, for Team GB, how many? times did you actually run for them was it just 2018 or had you done all yeah previously?
1: just the once once was enough
0: yeah the, the the tough old um i've just come back from austria for the world um mountain and trail champs and it's just the competition is so tough now i've seen that you coach people for the utmb and for the marathon the Sables, um and the races that you've done yourself what if you could like tell me what would be your top three races that you've competed in and, and where they were?
1: The top three. um One of my favorites actually is, is local to me uh here in Mallorca. It's, it was previously called Ultra Mallorca, but has now changed to uh, Travesa Tramontana. And it's right. basically the full mountain range in Mallorca. So from one side of the island to the other. And it's oh. like, it varies each year because there's always problems with uh, landowners allowing access. So it can vary from between maybe 110 kilometres to 130 kilometres. I think is the the longest. Um Whoa. it's it's stunning, and people, a lot of people from the UK, they don't realise what Mallorca really is like out with the the tourist resorts. Yeah, but the the trails here are incredible. So. Right. It would be it would be one of my favourites for sure. And, and in
0: ter- terms of um, people's ability to be able to run that race, I-, I wanted to turn it before COVID. I wanted to turn into the Judith Charmers of of the ultra world and send people to different destinations because, as you say, some people just don't realise. Oh, I didn't know that there was races there and stuff. Exactly, Major- M- Majorca. Um, you know the what? What time of the year is the ultra?
1: um it used to be April but recently it's changed to like uh end of November beginning of December time
0: November, so it's cooler yeah still got, you still got your winter sun in Mallorca and then in in, in you know I'll, I'll put a link to it for everybody to have a look at but for you know people with, with all abilities who have done you know a few ultras before in the UK and so on 100k is around 75 miles how long do they get to complete it? Uh,
1: I would be guessing, to be honest. But I I imagine it's maybe 24 hours, 24 30 hours. hours, something like that.
0: And, yeah. is it, and how high are the mountains? Are, they, are we talking Ben Nevis or a bit more?
1: The same as the UK. So the highest mountain it's... here Pugemayor and it's almost the same size as Ben Nevis. It's slightly bigger, but only by like
0: 40 metres or something like that, It's really close That's fun, and then genuine question how do you get to the start or how do you get back to the start or is there a coach service for people, how does it tend to work Yeah I think there
1: are I think there are buses Um, I've always been fortunate I've had friends to take me but I'm pretty sure there are buses that take you from from one side to the other
0: And what ticks the boxes as well is it's it's, you know, the, the flights are cheap enough to get there as well, aren't they? Exactly. They're cheap um, and they're, they're regular. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm just just organising the family holiday for next year. <laughs> Very yeah, good. Putting that in, yeah. As a spectator as well, these things are great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you've got friends that aren't runners, they're more than happy to come along with you and sit in a in a bar or one of the aid stations that is... You know, close to somewhere they can socialise and have fun. Yeah, well. if a,
1: especially if it's a nice destination.
0: Yeah, like Mallorca, you could just have a winter sun holiday, just family holiday. Again, two thousand twenty-five. Put that in there. There we go. And yeah, <laughs> and then um, you did. You've done the Himalayas, have you? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I've done the Everest Trail Race. It was quite, uh, quite spectacular. It would be on my top three for sure.
0: What was the? Um... N- nothing like Everest, but I noticed the altitude. I was only in Austria when I went up to yeah. Hodel, I think was the highest, but it was like 3,000 meters. But I felt my, my even my fillings felt heavy. <laughs> yep. but, but it's the weirdest thing. I was like, uh, God, my teeth are heavy today. That I have, you know, <laughs> and I, I, I you know, tried to explain that to somebody in Austria. Like, have you got heavy teeth? It's not really an icebreaker, you know, when you're to make friends outside of my house. <laughs> But um, yeah, um, what was the altitude like that, and in, uh, in the in you know the Everest ultra? How did that uh, affect your running, or were you just just enjoying it too much to care? Well,
1: a little bit of both. Um, the highest point in that one is over four thousand meters, um, <laughs> but the problem is you get to that one on like the second stage, so there's not much in the way of acclimatization at all. The, f- the first day you go as high as maybe. Two thousand, two thousand two hundred, something like that. Wow! And there's a really big difference between that and four thousand. So, um, yeah, it's a a shock to the system. But once you get that out of the way, you're you're mainly around three thousand or three and a half thousand. So you you adapt to it fairly quickly. But in that landscape, it's just it's a different world.
0: The Himalayas. It's it really is incredible. And I, th- I you know, when, when you're in the mountains photographs don't do it justice at all no
1: absolutely not it's
0: you, you just you, you know i was you know i had my photography hat on and i went as part of the media to austria and i was like looking at the photos of the runners which were good and i was like trying to take some pictures of the landscape but when you're in the mountains you have to go there don't you it's... yeah absolutely it's,
1: it's completely different
0: uh, you have to and then um another race you could squeeze in I've seen you coach people for the UTMB and the MDS yourself
1: uh, I've been to UTMB not not MDS um,
0: what year were you at the UTMB
1: oh, would be like oh, I think 2014 or something like that oh, 2015
0: right, yeah. maybe how would you get on there
1: uh, it was it was not a good day. <laughs> oh, wow. I, should, uh, I shouldn't I should have started, to be honest, because I was injured before the race. I, I had torn my calf a few weeks before, um, and I hadn't ran between tearing the calf and UTMB. And I was hoping things would come good, but uh, things didn't come good. And I actually I withdrew from the race the day before. Um, but my girlfriend at the time, the morning of the race, she says, "Oh, you're miserable. Why don't you just? Why don't you just try it? What's the worst that can happen?" Um, so I got reinstated, and uh, it didn't go to plan. Surprisingly.
0: And then you split up from the straight
1: away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so, it. We're so last time I ever listened to her.
0: Where's my cycle? Uh, <laughs> and then okay, you. For for somebody that's listening to this and they want to hear a bit more about how um, to have you as a coach and so on, what's the best ways for them to contact you? Uh, just through my website. It's yeah.
1: caseymorgan.co.uk. Um, there's a, a contact page on there with uh, all my contact details.
0: I'll put that in the notes and stuff.
1: And how long have you been living out in Majorca? Um, Five years now. Oh. I've been coming here for... I first came here like 12 years ago for a race, and I loved the place. So uh, I was coming back regularly um, to train and to race here. And five years ago, I got married. My wife is from Venezuela, and she finds the winter here cold. So for her to live in Scotland would just have been... uh, Ridiculous. (laughs) Exactly. So we compromised and decided uh, to live here.
0: Oh, fantastic. And it's a, it's a beautiful way of life, isn't it? Oh, you know, yeah. You've, you've got – you're lifted each day with the weather and – Exactly. You, you want to get out the front door. And then let's go back to um, Sport. Have I said that right? sport Yeah. yeah. Um, great kit. Um, I used to have a pair of their calf guards. Um, but I remember their style of race fests. For me, possibly one of the comfiest ones um, and just supportive. When I tried them on in 2019, um, one of my friends who was one of their athletes. Um, what's your favourite bit of kit from them whenever you were running? Um, what did I like? I liked, I liked the race vests, uh, yeah. like you said. Uh,
1: they were good. I quite liked the, for recovery, I liked the the full leg sleeve. I found those useful. Mm.
0: That's um, all, yeah, and then hints and tips now, I know you had a paid service and it's like giving why why should I give people free advice? but have you got like a little a couple of super tips that you give to people that, oh, I've never heard that before. that's a good one. you know, super tips for the hot weather and super tips for being in the trail, you know, in the mountains. Obviously, if you want to keep that completely sensitive and for them only to find out by you becoming a coach but what would be your little tips that people to use in the hot weather and people to use in the trails for the hot weather is
1: is very easy you just need to slow down until your body adapts Um, and you'd be surprised how quickly your body does adapt to the heat like here in the summertime i'll be running regularly 38 40 degrees and it feels like well, it feels hot but it's comfortable um mm. whereas if you just arrive here on holiday for example and you try and run in that temperature your body's not going to enjoy it much <laughs> so you just need to you need to slow down and give your body time to adapt um, and what, what,
0: what is the time for to um, you know how long as in days weeks or as in say during a race for instance and it's got hot you slow down into what a um, you know how long does it take the body to heat up? Well, to to regulate itself during the day. Well,
1: if you're Depends going
0: to re- and stuff, yeah,
1: yeah. If you're going to go and race in the heat, the best thing you can do is get somewhere hot beforehand for a few days. I think for full heat acclimatization, they reckon it's about 11 days. Um, yeah. But there are things you can do at home um, to prepare for that, like having a hot bath post training. Um, Helps mm. the, the body adapt or having a, a sauna or a steam room post training,
0: um, that can kickstart that process. Um, but... and then how, uh, how do you not dehydrate yourself further by having a hot bath? Sorry for getting a little bit, uh, like somebody's auntie, just making sure everybody is okay. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you, if you're going for a hot bath, if you've already sweated, how do you make sure that you don't well, uh, you dehydrate? You just have to rehydrate. You,
1: you, you, can you can drink in the bath. Exactly. Don't drink the bath water. I don't recommend that. Don't um, drinking in the bath. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The thing is, somebody explained this to me. You know, sometimes you're not quite sure of how, how how what things you can do as an adult. I've got into talc massively. As soon as I was aware that I could buy, <laughs> buy talc from a shop by myself. Then I just use it everywhere. I just love talc. But then one of my friends said to me, goes, um, do you ever have a can of lager before you go out in the bath? I went, this one was about 18 I, went, I beg your pardon. You can drink in the bath. And then I was like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, and then and then I've been startled ever since that people, you know, you go, oh, yeah, I might have like a glass of water. Or So yeah, people can have a glass of water. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. the matter with me? They can Better have... than lager. Yeah, yeah. As you say, they can rehydrate whilst they're in the bath, but this is to get the body to sort of like be suspended in, in the heat sort of thing. Exactly. And other, uh, other heat tips before I rudely interrupted you with absolute (laughs) nonsense, Casey. (laughs) (laughs) No. Right. Um, Trails running in the trails to get better in the trails. What, what's what little tips could you throw in?
1: There's nothing beats consistency as boring as it sounds. Um, just being consistent, uh, training on a variety of terrain and just becoming comfortable with it is is the number one tip that you can have, is just do it often.
0: Brilliant, yeah. It does make sense, doesn't it? 100%. Yeah, and there's no magic bullet for running. It's, it it really the, is. For those that can't get into the trails, you know, that live in the cities, that's sixty million dollar question. If there was an answer from that, well, we'd be selling it like dry robes. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, for those that can't get into the trails, what would you suggest? Would you suggest the, the the? I don't really want to say this word too out loud, so I'm going to whisper it. Would you Would you say a treadmill? Would you say oh, damn, it's got a treadmill?
1: Absolutely. Okay. As
0: yes. as bad as that word
1: sounds, I used yeah. to do so much of my training on the treadmill. Um, I lived in Glasgow for many years and. Uh, the weather there can be pretty miserable. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I did a lot of my training on treadmills. I did a lot of my my climbing work in, on treadmills. Um, and in the winter, if there's a lot of ice outside, for sure, speed work would be done on a treadmill. So, um, it's I think it's a brilliant tool. And you can
0: even put the heating on full blast if you work go <laughs> exactly, out. and, and run big clothes and then have Ex- your bath afterwards just to imitate exactly. Now, I'm going to ask you some quick-fire questions. Tapering. Yes, no, how long before a race, what would you say? For instance, somebody's doing a 50-miler, how far before, you know, when should they stop the big miles? When should they stop? start dropping down?
1: Uh, for me, well, depending on the athlete, uh, some athletes respond differently. But in general, I would look at uh, no more than ten to 10 days to two weeks. Yeah. Um, we start winding down. Uh, some people like a little bit longer, but I think that can that can have its own problems sometimes. So, yeah, usually ten days to two weeks. Uh, we drop the volume and we keep the intensity to stay sharp. Um, but yeah, definitely, and, and then definitely taper.
0: Train for miles, kilometers, or train per time.
1: Uh, time, time yeah. for trails, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Dry robes, what do you think of them? Should people who don't go swimming wear them after events? Uh, never. Brilliant, thanks very much. Beards, do they belong yeah. in the ultra-running community or, or was that a thing of the past? Um, not for me, beards, but each to their own. Yeah, I, I shaved mine off. I got back from Austria um, on Monday and I've shaved mine off because I want to look like the cool kids. from (laughs) from france and i got a row off my wife because i left my beard on the uh worktop in the kitchen um because i got (laughs) sidetracked and wanted to cook some sausages on the barbecue so beards are out but uh cooking um and keeping the kitchen clean is up definitely definitely in yeah definitely in stats wise are you a stat oh man you know yourself you know did you have a coach or did you self-coach
1: uh, I've been lucky to work with some good coaches throughout the years Not not only in running but in cycling also So uh, I have worked with coaches previously And I did spend some seasons coaching myself also So I've, I've done both
0: Cool And what was the last book you read? Uh,
1: I'm reading one right now actually uh, Called Fake History Alright By Otto English and it's it's been really interesting so far,
0: actually. And what's that about?
1: Uh, it's about like our perceptions of historical figures, um, how that perception has been manipulated throughout the years, and we have, like, for example, the first chapter is Winston Churchill, and he was voted Great Britain's greatest ever Britain, and this kind of thing. Um, but this looks into the reality of how they were at the time, their career, and not necessarily the image of the person we have right now.
0: Brilliant, uh, and because there's a lot of other information about, as you say, these leaders that haven't, yeah, exactly, uh, dismal- or spotlighted. Now this is this is a lovely link. This is this is my Alan Carr link that you've just given me now. Manipulated. How much time do you spend, or did you used to spend, on imagining the race? beforehand and uh, the finish and everything how much did you sort of spend future focusing yeah a lot it's
1: i think it i think it's really important actually the the mm. psychology of it um i did a really interesting course um 2 years ago um, mm. like a postgraduate course through the university in barcelona um on sports psychology yeah and this was a big part of it and i think it's really important, actually. I think it's, it's something that uh, so many runners, they neglect it. And it's such a powerful tool, the brain, um, especially, especially for ultra racing where uh, we're out for long, long hours and it can, it can become incredibly monotonous and boring. So mm-hmm. to, to have the, the skills to deal
0: with that, I think, is super important and in terms of future focusing prep i'm massive on that as well with um you know the, the how how strong the mind how strong minded you can get you yeah, can yeah. have a stronger mind than olympic athletes you know because it, the physicality is personal rather than you know um brawn as such what future focusing or what kind of um little tip would you go for people to use with their mind to start bending it you know and working that out for a race what little future focusing things would you say suggest for that i think the the best thing you can do for a race
1: uh, in in those terms is just to imagine all the scenarios that can go wrong um and imagine how you will respond to each of those scenarios so that anything bad that happens on race day you're automatically programmed to, okay, there's no panic here. I've rehearsed this. This is how I'm going to take care of this problem. And you don't waste nervous energy or you don't panic. You you just, you know what to do and it was expected. So um, your chances of success are far greater.
0: Absolutely fantastic. And write that down or keep it in your head. What's the best Yeah, definitely.
1: Write it down. R- write it down and commit to it. Um I think it's writing things down is a very powerful action because it's it's
0: reinforcing it. So, yeah, write it down by all means. Brilliant stuff. And talking about writing things down, have you got anything published? you got any books? Are you in the middle of writing a book? Have I made you think about writing a book?
1: Uh, no no plans for a book at the moment.
0: Oh, right.
1: But I'll think about it, here. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll put it on the
0: list. Yeah. I'll perfect. write it down and commit to it. Yeah, you'd be like writing this book later on this month, thinking, "Well, hell, only said I'd go on this podcast just for a chat." What should the book be about? Fiction. Future focusing in the hills of Majorca. oh okay, no problem. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Simple as that, man. Yeah, no problem. I'd buy, I'd buy your um, coaching tips by Casey Casey Morgan and Morgan. As in not the morning. You got any Welsh in you? Is it full Scottish?
1: Uh, f- Irish, actually. Was it? But my, but my neighbour here is Welsh, if that counts.
0: Yeah. Um, are they there now? Can I get them on the show? Uh,
1: he's not here at the moment, unfortunately. But maybe for a future episode. <laughs> yeah. Does he run? Uh, no, he's he does jiu-jitsu, actually. He does oh, yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a quick funny story about him. He um, <laughs> he um Cycling is super popular in Mallorca. It's like a real tourist destination for cyclists. And there's so many bike hire places here that they rent out real top end bikes. And at the end of each season, they sell them off like at really good prices. Yeah. And my neighbor decided he was going to take up cycling. He'd never cycled before. um, Since he was a kid, he bought this really nice bike, electric gears and all of this kind of stuff. (laughs) And he, he went off up the the local hill here and came back and asked him how it was. And he said, ah, just doesn't feel right it's really it's really shaky and like I said the the tires are flat and the tires were they were like completely flat and he said I I was pumping and pumping before I went away and I I said let me let me see if they're punctured and we got the pump out started pumping up his tires and he said what was that you did just before you put the pump on there and he hadn't unscrewed the valve to, <laughs> <laughs> to put the air in. So he'd been pumping and pumping and obviously nothing's going in. But he'd been, <laughs> off up, he'd been off up the, the local hill here, which is like on the road, it's like 500 metres altitude or something oh, like that. Shit. But he'd come back down on the switchbacks uh, <laughs> with zero air in these tyres. <laughs> so yeah, that's my Welsh neighbour. Uh, get
0: him on the show. Yeah, definitely, get him, get him running, get him running <laughs> put a pair of trainers on his ears, and uh, we'll have him on the show. what part of Wales is he from? Do you know, uh, just outside Cardiff? I think. All ah, right, just in case he was my twin brother, because he does sound as if there's a, a hint of, of North <laughs> European, uh, Welsh, uh, Hugh Williams, um, in him there, sort of thing. Great stuff. I can't thank you enough, Casey, um, for giving us. A low down giving us some tips for the hot weather as well as um some races but more importantly enough how people can get in contact with you because i think it is that time of the year now when people are like right i need to up my game i'm enjoying my running i want to do a little bit further i want to do a little bit faster and it's time just to you know i think because we i think because we spend so much time training for races it makes sense to get a coach um for for everyone especially you know they've they've heard that you're very approachable on, on the on the podcast as well. So Casey I can't thank you enough. Uh what's your next? Um who who who, who have you got running next for you sort of thing in a race that we uh,
1: oh, I've got people running every weekend. Yeah, um yeah. I'm trying to think of UK races that are coming up soon. Devil of the Highlands in Scotland. I Ooh, have a guy who nice. I'm hoping he'll do very well there uh, and the race ag- race across Scotland um the full the full length G- one
0: GB G- G- alters yet yeah. Have exactly. you got any got any hot tips for that one
1: Oof, it's a tough one it's <laughs> uh, uh, that's one where you want to do your mental preparation beforehand massively
0: massively um and in terms of Scott has he got another race coming up
1: uh, Scott at the moment I don't know because um, he splits his time between running and doing his like functional training and high rocks and he, tough mudder of these kind of things. So he's at a kind of crossroads at the moment. So we'll see.
0: Ah, uh, to see what he's going to go on and do. Exactly. Uh, to, I, I, going, although we've said goodbye at the end of the show, he's thought of something else. That's how we do it. We just switch it up cross training a lot of people think cross training is on the actual cross trainer in the gym it, <laughs> it can not, be
1: yeah, it, it, it can be part of it
0: yeah just going up and down on the stair thing whatever John Alban, uh, Team GB is a massive one for doing different events as you say Scott the more you mix up I think your training the more you're going to enjoy your races aren't you
1: yeah definitely it's it's a great way to prevent yourself becoming injured um, yeah. but it's also a great thing to do If you are injured, um, just to to keep everything ticking over. Um, But yeah, definitely for trail running, I think it's fantastic because it makes you a much more rounded athlete.
0: And in terms of to do other sports, as in cross training um, for trail runners, as well as cycling, um, what other sports would you or, or activities would you suggest?
1: Definitely strength work in the gym. It's a uh, it's a big one that I I really encourage all my athletes to do. Um, cycling, like you say, is very good. Um, anything that people enjoy, I think yeah. it's it's too easy to get so hooked into running that um, if for any reason you can't run, it becomes such a stress for people. Uh, whereas if they have something else that they fall back on that they that they do for fun, not for performance, um, I think it's great to have those things in your life also.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, and underlining that twice, sort of thing. Yeah, if people have to retire from running for one way or the other, but they've they've got the cycling, or they've got the gym. Not only for for doing that as a sport, but the, for for the community exactly. within the cycling or the community yeah. within the gym, they've got other. You know, if they've had to park something for a while, So exactly. If you're just a runner and you're listening to the show, buy a bike. Jump in the sea, go and do weights, or me Casey (laughs) and the crazy jiu jitsu guy with flat tires are going to come round and give you some problems. That's exactly,
1: especially the jiu jitsu guy.
0: Yeah, we, we, yeah, what's his name, Reese? Oh, yeah. Uh, So, Casey, Reese, and who you don't hear them knocking at your door or rattling down (laughs) a hill on the non brilliant, (laughs) yes. Love it. On that note, Casey, thanks ever so much for your time today, and uh, I'll put all your details in the notes for the um, the listeners to to give give you a shout. Thanks My for it, pleasure, Hugh.
1: My Thank pleasure. You. Nice talking you. to you.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.